Blog Talk Radio. Wealthy Sisters is on the air. Wealthy Sisters, the show that features six- and seven-figure-earning women of color. Tune in Mondays at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time as entrepreneur, author, speaker, Deborah Hartnett showcases the triumphant journey of these powerful sisters. You'll be inspired, encouraged, and informed every Monday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. Our call-in number is 347-838-9278 or listen live 24 hours a day at www.wealthysisters.com. Now, our host, Deborah Hardnett. Well, hey and hello, and I want to welcome you to Wealthy Sisters, sponsored by the Professional Black Woman and Big Thinkers Academy. You can find us at www.bigthinkersacademy.com. Wealthy Sisters is where we celebrate the lives of six- and seven-figure earning women, and our purpose is twofold. First, we love providing inspiration and encouragement and rich content for you, the listener. And second, we have to edify, promote, acknowledge, and say thank you to the sisters for doing big things. I'm Deborah Hartnett, your host, broadcasting live on the Worldwide Blog Talk Network. Today is another fabulous Monday. That's right. July is moving by so fast. July 23rd, 2012, in the year of 2012. Imagine that, right? Well, you know what? I hope you're as excited about your future as I am and and because, you know, it is extremely bright. But also I want to add to there that you are making time and making sure that you are living in the now. That's right, that you are Breathing, inhaling, exhaling, and feeling, knowing where you are, your situational awareness, you are alert and not just rushing through the day and missing all the great signs of intuition and great knowledge and wisdom, the guidance to lead you to where you need to go in your next step. So, yes, it is an awesome day today. And you know what? We are here every week. That's at the same time here, Mondays, 12 noon Eastern, and we so much appreciate you for spreading the great word. And also, we want to say thank you to each and every one of our awesome listeners, all of our friends, loved ones, family, everybody. Thank you so much for helping us celebrate last week our third anniversary with Wealthy Sisters. Wow, I mean, time, like I said, waits for no one, and it is truly going by fast. We appreciate all of your calls, and I am so grateful for the emails the tweets, the Facebook messages, and text messages. I'm just so humbled continuously by you sharing of how our show every week helps you. And uh, that's what our goal is, and that's what we will continue to do. So you can always count on us here, like I said, every week, Mondays, 12 noon Eastern, uh, spreading the good news, helping you with your business practical information, and also that holistic point of view with your life. So we're excited about that. And you know what? Today, as always, is going to be another fabulous show. That's right. You know, we focus on the total package here. And I know many of you out there are decorators at heart. You love decorating. You love art. And if you're anything like me, I love art. But I have never really had the time or taken the time, shall I? I say, to really learn how to collect the whole industry of art. And guess what? Did you realize that there is pure profit? There's real profit in collecting? Well, yes, our very special guest today is going to share that with us. She's none other than Miss Sharon J. Burton. She is a Metro Washington, D.C. area visual artist and independent curator. She is the founder and creative director of Authentic contemporary art, and also we know her better as the artinista, uh, the art advisory, as she does, and she provides consultancy services for professional women all over the world. Sharon served as the first art curator for the Tubman Mahan Art Gallery within the Center for Green Urbanism in Washington, D.C., and she's had so many other positions. She's been very active in the community as well, and today she 
is our very special guest, and she's going to be sharing with us how we can not only collect for pleasure, but profit. That's right. So you know what you need to do right now? You need to call everybody, text them, Facebook, tweet them, tell them to tune in to the show right now. Tell them to dial 347-838-9278. That's 347-838-9278. And you can always listen live at Wealthy Sisters Radio. That's Wealthy Sisters, S-I-S-T-A-S, radio.com. We are here, ready for you, and you can download us on iTunes. Oh, yeah, iTunes. We are free there on iTunes. You can listen to us, catch this show, all of our other shows right there on your iPhone, on your droids. Yes, we are there. And remember to follow us on Facebook and Twitter as well under Wealthy Sisters and join our mailing list at WealthySisters.com. So we're going to take a short break, come right back, and we will dive right into our show for today with our very special guest, Ms. Sharon J. Burton. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this message. Business leaders, are you ready to soar? Success is not defined by your wings, but by your courage to leap from the cliff's edge and fly. With Fortune 500 expertise, the Beatty Group partners with creative and motivated leaders, weaving structure and innovation for maximum business success. Visit us at thebeattygroup.com. That's T-H-E-B-A-T-I-E group.com or call the Beatty Group at 877-264-7699. We are live back on Wealthy Sisters. Want to welcome each and every one of all of our listeners. Thank you for joining us in the chat room. The lines are packed out. We appreciate you for calling in. And if you've got questions, we're going to see if we can get the Archimista. I love that title and that day. See if we can get Ms. Sharon J. Burton, our very special guest today, to answer some of your questions about art. Yes, how to collect for pleasure and also for profit. So we're not going to hold her from you any longer. I want to say hello and a very special welcome to Wealthy Sister Sharon. How are you today? I am doing great. How are you, Deborah? Oh, I am wonderful. Thank you so much for asking. Like I said, we we just couldn't have been better. We're celebrating three years. and Congratulations. Uh, thank you, yes, and just looking forward to the fourth and the fifth and just growing from here. So foundation is the key, and I'm sure yes. you know that. <laughs> yes. There have been a lot of opportunities to learn and uh, now to improve and to just get better. So, But anyway, we want to welcome you again to Wealthy Sisters, and thank you for sharing this whole topic with us because, you know, like I mentioned in the introduction there, I've always appreciated art. I mean, who wouldn't appreciate beautiful things that are appealing to us? But to understand um, how to really evolve into knowing what type of art to purchase or uh, what is a Rembrandt from <laughs> some of the modern artists, how do you know how to understand the value and all of that, I, I just really have never taken that time. So I think what you are doing is wonderful. Can you tell us, you know, a little bit more about you, how you actually got started in this area? Sure. Um, I kind of got started in a roundabout way. I've always been, uh, well, I grew up being an artist. Um, Oh, huh. Yeah, I enjoyed (laughs) art. It was my favorite subject in school, um, and I was fairly good at it. Um, and enjoy drawing and painting and all that good stuff. And then, um, mm-hmm. you know, in the in the late 80s, you know, it um, it's not like it is now, which I think is great because I think kids uh, really have a lot of options, particularly in creative fields. Um, but at that time, um, as you know, um, everything was about either business or engineering or um the you know the health sciences so there wasn't a lot of um let's say uh for lack of a better word love for artists right uh, and so you know um you need to get a good job girl hello pay, so pay your bills. i ended up going <laughs> and getting a business degree uh-huh. um and got away from art for quite some time i ended up getting a masters um in public administration and working in, you know, uh, health and human services on um, the local community-based level, um, state um, public health and 
um, then eventually, um, you know, nationally. So, um, you know, that was what paid the bills. But, you know, in my heart, I knew I was still an artist. And Mm -hmm. as the decades moved on, you know, I I really started getting that feeling that I wanted to go back to art. And um, I was living in Atlanta at the time. Um, in the late 90s and um, got involved with the National Black Fine Art um, Festival, which yeah. is still going on every today. year. <laughs> and, um, but there was a particular um, traveling exhibition that came through uh, about that time that was focusing on um, art from uh, historically black colleges and universities. And as a graduate of, of, of two, actually, I just became very interested in that. Um, mm-hmm. whole thing and um uh trained to be a docent and really got involved with learning about that the work that these colleges and universities had in their story and just really getting involved with going to um a lot of the exhibitions in the area the high museum of art um uh-huh. the hammond's house uh, museum. Oh yeah, very yeah. familiar with Hammond's House. Oh yes, yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite places. And yes. Feldman's Museum and Clark Atlanta University's um, um, gallery. And from there, it just sort of snowballed, and I started really learning about collecting, and eventually got my own um, artistic career together. And so uh-huh. that, that's really kind of how it kind of started for me about ten years ago um, with you know, really getting involved with, um, you know, arts through the National Black Fine Arts uh, or Black Arts Festival. Festival. So let me ask you, you use the term docent because we know um, a lot of people are, like I said, have an interest in it but may not know all the terms. What is a docent? Well, um, you know, simply a docent is someone that um, provides um, background information about an exhibition at a museum. Okay. And, um, you know, I live in the Washington, D.C. area, and so the Smithsonian has a wonderful docent training program, um, mm-hmm. the Corcoran um, Gallery of Art, all of the museums here. And it's really a good way to learn about art, actually, because you learn um, a lot about what the artist's, um, you know, intent, so to speak, was for a uh, particular work of art. Um, you mm-hmm. also get, uh, for example, when you learn um, an exhibition, um, you learn what the curator's intent was, and that's the person who puts the work together, that selects the work for the show, um, and the themes. And, you know, a lot of times you learn uh, a lot about the mediums that an artist uses, and that when we say mediums, we're talking about, you know, what kind of paint did they use? You know, did they use oil paint or acrylic? Mm-hmm. Um, is it a mixed media piece or a collage piece? Um, you know, are they using different materials to create what their what the intent is? Or you know, photography. So it's a great way to learn a lot about artists, particularly artists of the past, because most museum sh- um, shows, at least in this area, tend to be artists from the past. So, and it's a good way to learn about art and be able to talk about art and and also to to really look at art because a lot of docents will you know ask. If you go to a museum and take a docent tour, they'll ask you, you know, do you see such and such in this painting? You know, so it, it mm-hmm. helps they, it helps you learn to look at art beyond just oh that's a pretty piece. You know, you get to look at it uh, from some of the things that the artist puts in that might be um, might not be as apparent to um, everyone when they look mm-hmm. at. It. So. Mhm, 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 mhm. That's wonderful. Now, when you started out um, in the the career here with art, and you you had your your well governmental corporate <laughs> when you were trained for the good job <laughs> mm-hmm. career, what was that transition like for you? Did you just say, okay, I'm going to go ahead and start this career in the art field, or was it a natural? How did you make that? Because we have a lot of people that listen to the show, and particularly who are at that point in our lives where we have to reinvent, or maybe you know we're we're wanting to do the things that we originally intended to do, but mm-hmm. maybe like yourself mentioned, hey, you were steered in the way of getting a professional degree as opposed to something else that you really were inspired by doing. So, how was that transition for you? Well, you know, it hasn't been an easy transition, you know, because mm-hmm. I've had to work 
um, the day job to make things mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's something that I just continue to work hard at as far as um, everything from going to um, lectures and conferences, um, doing internships with galleries of people that I knew. Um, mm-hmm. And that might be on the weekend, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then learning, you know, how to put a show together and doing exhibitions. Uh, when I had authentic contemporary art, which is what I started off with um, in 2005, um, that was something that um, was a lot of fun for me because I, I really was focused on a lot of the unsung, a lot of the emerging, emerging um, artists <laughs> in the mm-hmm. area, and it was it was something that I I kind of learned um, organically. You know, a lot of it was instinct. A lot of it was partnering with people that were doing some some interesting things in the art uh, world here in the D.C. area. And you know, at that time, the momentum was really getting um, getting started here um, for visual arts. Um, this has always been kind of a stuffy, you know, government town, so to speak, so it's never been seen as this creative haven for visual artists. So one of the things I was really interested in was uh, merging a lot of my um, experience in the public health and human service world with visual arts. So a lot of the artwork, um, the art shows I did and at projects and workshops and all kinds of things I did um, in the last uh five or six years was really focused on social justice issues. Um, And then I was able to do the um, curating at the Center for Green Urbanism, which you mentioned um, at the Tubman Manhattan um, Art Gallery um, for the first year of them being opened and really focused a lot on um, eco-friendly, green living, um, uh, green themes in art. Um, mm-hmm. Working with a lot of local artists, but as far as actually making that transition, it's it's really been um, something that you have to you know stay fairly disciplined in. But I think it's one of those things, just like everything else. If you have a passion for it, you're going to do what you can to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had some really good um, mentors and teachers um, in the field uh, that have been um, you know fairly open to share a lot of what they do, and um, get me involved with different projects. I also got involved and have been involved with um, bringing large exhibitions in. We just had, um, I don't know if you are familiar with the exhibition 30 Americans that Mm -hmm. just Mm -hmm. came here last year um, Mm -hmm. with the Corcoran um, Museum of Art, which was actually 31 uh, contemporary African-American artists. So, you know, getting involved with that, you know, and and getting a chance to meet collectors and curators and and people that are involved uh, heavily in the art world is, is was something that I really treasured, and also getting to know a lot about some of the artists that are really making um, making a difference um, here um, and across mm-hmm. the world with their uh, their work and their mm-hmm. messages. So, I think it's just really. Um, you know, learning a, a lot. I did a lot of um, internet searches of conferences, and you know, got the chance to meet different people. I joined different organ- art organizations, um, and got a chance to know people. Got involved with projects with them, um, and and that's sort of how I did it. Um, I'm currently uh, completing a art business certificate at New York University because in addition to learning kind of as I go, I wanted to have a certification in art um, and understand the art business, the global art market, how it works. Right. Um, And attending classes in New York has been awesome. Um, I've learned so much. and I think, you know, you really want to have people that work with you that really have that kind of foundation. Art history is also another thing. I took art history classes and got a certificate through the uh, Smithsonian. So, you know, um, I, I really just did what I could to amass the kind of background that I knew I needed to, to dive people about their Right, 
Right. And, you know, that's a common theme that we talk about here on the show, how important it is to really, really go and um, go after every angle that you can. I mean, not leave one stone unturned. Uh, Get yourself out there. There are so many networking opportunities through meetup.com, through their ways, through Facebook and LinkedIn, all these different ways that you can make yourself accessible. And I think a lot of times what happens when people, are making a transition, those type of steps can be kind of frightening or can be um, ego can get in the way, especially oh, yeah. if, oh, if yeah. you're on that level like you were because, I mean, you've got your master's in public administration, you're on a national level, you're, you have uh, top positions, and sometimes it is is. It is. It can be a challenge uh, when you have to start all over <laughs> and start and humble yourself. So I think that's great that you were able to do that. Um, today we are excited to talk about, you know, the whole ability for a person that, like what you do, is teaching them how to not only collect for pleasure but also for profit as well. So right. tell us, you know, I think that's a great transition which you talked about with your courses there in New York and, and everything thing that's prepared you for this today, what's the best way uh, for a person uh, to start an art collection? Well, you know, a lot of people feel that it has to be complicated, and it does not. I think, you know, when we look at the art world and we look at art collecting, you know, it has not been something that has been accessible, and a lot of it for by design. You know, this Mm -hmm. is art collecting um, has always been kind of viewed as a um, elitist kind of activity, mm-hmm. and yes, um, you know the one percent, um, as they say, um, do do very well with that. I don't know if, if you keep up with some of the auction um, pricing that has. No, been. tell us, tell oh, us, I give mean, us millions yeah. of dollars. There was so many different art, um, art, uh, art works. Um, mm-hmm. By um, the ma- the old masters, as they call them, or from different periods, as well as contemporary mm-hmm. art. Um, so you know, it's something that has um, uh, financially has been uh, has done well despite the recession. It's actually, in so many ways, have, have exploded. And Christie's and Sotheby's, you know, those big auction houses that you hear about. Uh-huh. Um, have really set records uh, within the last couple of years up until this year. Um, Why is that? Why do you think that is in this this economy? What I mean? Well, I think you. I think a lot of people who have means have looked for other options um, mm-hmm. as far as where to invest their money. Um, oh, art has um, typically since uh, over the last twenty years has done pretty well. Um, as far as the return on investment. And that's one of the things I really want to let a lot of women know because, you know, a lot of women, you know, we tend to spend money that doesn't give us a return on investment. Mm-hmm. You know, we, and, I, I'm, I'm, hey, I, I raise my hand. I love my shoes. I love my purses. I love my clothes and my jewelry. But, you know, in the end, a lot of that, cannot give you anything <laughs> um, mm-hmm. in a couple of years. They don't mm-hmm. appraise in value, you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I felt that was very important when I started Artemista Art Advisory was to help professional women that I know um, really see fine art as one way to do that because we like decorating our homes. Right. We like pretty things. And art art is, is gorgeous. It's attractive. It it, it it can make you think. It can inspire you. Um, it can really create, um, as my sister says, a feel-good space. And right, yeah. Speaking of your sister, your yeah, twin, it, who it, has been it, on our show, Miss yeah, Sherry Burton-Ways, her new book coming out this, yeah, this fall, Feel Good Spaces, published, published by Wealthy by Sisters. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so we yeah. talk about those types of things all the time. Now, when you start a collection, you know, I think a lot of people have been, um, like I was, you know, we see stuff like in a, uh, a department store or on the side of the road, you know, those little mm-hmm. vendors, and we get uh, what we call poster <laughs> art. Oh, you know, markets, right? Yeah, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, right. you know, uh, when I came out of college, I had no money, you know, mm-hmm. not the money to 
Well, I, well, let me just say that I didn't think about investing in fine art at that time. I was just, I wanted something on my wall. And, right. you know, if I could pay $50 for already framed poster, so do it, so be it, you know. <laughs> but, you know, eventually as we learn more, we do better. And mm-hmm. should. And mm-hmm. what I'm finding that is a lot of women, um, particularly in this area, uh, D.C. has weathered pretty well from the uh, recession so far, um, and, you know, you go to these a lot of these women's homes, and, I mean, they're homeowners, they have beautiful spaces, they either don't have anything on the walls or they have that kind of work. And mm-hmm. I'm like, you know, you know, what really sets off a place and gives you character and that really reflects you is original fine art. Mm-hmm. And um, so I really start off by saying for people who really want to start a collection, a real collection of value, is to start off by really finding out what you really like. You know, um, what colors draw you in? What kinds of figures, you know? Or do you like animals? Do you like um, people, you know, mm-hmm. uh, scenes of people? Um, um, what what reflects, you know, your personality? Mm-hmm. And going from there. Because, number one, when you learn what you like, you're not going to just buy art for art's sake you know, you're going to buy art that's going to reflect you, that reflects uh, the kind of feeling you want to have in your home or office, and that's the pieces that are going to draw you. I see, I see. So it's more of your taste and not necessarily what someone else tells you, but you start out figuring out what it is you like. So do we... It, do you say it's better um, now? We know you have all of the online capability, but is it better to actually go to what an art gallery, or do we go to a museum? What are some of the great ways that someone can figure out what their taste is? Well, one of the things that I think that is wonderful to do, um, and 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 probably less intimidating in my opinion, is to go to uh, museum shows. Mm-hmm. And matter of fact, I have a, a group that, uh, and we can talk about this later, um, that I meet with, we have brunch or whatever, and we go and visit certain exhibitions that are going on in the city. And it's a docent-led tour, but the, the, the purpose is, of course, is to admire and the work that's there, but also is to train your eye. You know, what do you like? What 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 is it about that? piece that really drew you, you know, was it the subject matter, was it the colors, you know, and also people need to learn what good art looks like, you know, um, these are artists that have been celebrated for centuries, you know, and why is that, you know, what is it about their style, the way they use their medium to convey what it, whatever they're trying to convey through art, so um, I think museums, and particularly this time of year, you can take your kids, it's, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're very well air-conditioned. <laughs> and you can really just see a variety of different art, and not just American art, but look at the Europe, European art, look at the African art, look at the Asian art. Just look at art. Look at what's out there. What, what, you know, what, 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 what are some of the things that you really like? What is it that you don't like? And then yes, go to gallery shows if, um, and and find galleries that you feel comfortable going to. Um, exhibition mm-hmm. openings are usually good, but a lot of times they're very crowded. You can't see the art very much because, you know, there's a lot of people. But I say go to a gallery that you've been curious about and just go and just browse and really um, look at what's out there. What are some of the contemporary artists doing? What is it that you like? What is it that you don't like? Um, What is, you know, what really turns you on and what do you get a feeling about? Now, are there some things that um, we should look for in a gallery to know that this is, you know, a gallery we should shop at? Are there some things like that that we need to be aware of? Absolutely. I'm a fan of established galleries, um, those that have been around for a while. You know, one thing about galleries, and particularly um, in this town, well, most cities, you know, you want to look for a gallery that has a solid reputation. If you know someone, for example, that collects art and, mm-hmm. you know, has dabbled in it, ask them first, you know, who, who, what galleries would you recommend me to visit? Um, usually people that are, are collectors know the best galleries. And and usually they've been around for a while, or even if they have not been around, um, you want a gallery where somebody can tell you about the artist and what their intent 
is, and and uh, uh, not only about well, you know, as an artist that lives in California, blah blah blah, they do work in flowers. No, you don't want that. You want someone that's going to tell you what their inspirations are. You want someone to tell you also where their work has been. For example, um, I I basically focus my collecting efforts on two galleries, one in D.C. and one in Baltimore. But both of those galleries can tell me where their work has been. For example, you, you know, a collectible work would be somebody that's been to uh, been in museums, might be mm-hmm. part of a um, <clears throat> like a permanent collection of a museum that mm-hmm. tells you something about their work. Um, okay. Received art prizes, for example, in this area. Um, Artscape has a, the Sondheim Prize every year. Artscape is a major art festival in Washington D.C., but they also have a very one in Baltimore too. Yes, uh-huh. Uh-huh. they have a very competitive art prize. Um, uh-huh. And I mean, a lot of times it takes time to learn the different things like that. But you know, um, Renee Stout, an African American uh, fine artist that's based in D.C., got the prize. You okay. know, so that gives that is an, uh, a a message to those who are interested in her work that hey, her stuff is really getting recognized. Right. Um, and that her work is something that might be a collectible. So, you know, her gallery is the first to be out there saying she got this prize, you know. So, you know, you want someone that's going to be able to talk with you, and you also want a gallery that's not going to make you feel crazy for being in there if you're a beginning collector. They're going to take mm-hmm. time. A good gallery mm-hmm. is going to take time to talk to you about collecting art and, and guide you in what, might be some things that you might want to start off in. They're not going to be like, oh, well, you know, come back when you have money or anything like that. You don't, you know, you don't want a space or uh, uh, any kind of retail establishment that doesn't welcome you. And mm-hmm. you know, most of them will. Um, you also mm-hmm. want to talk about, um, you know, refund or, um, you know, what are some of the things that if you decide you don't want the piece anymore, can you can you give it back to the gallery? You know, what is their refund policy? You know, those types of things. Because, you know, a lot of times people go to these fly-by-night, uh, ex, uh, you know, galleries. You know, you have a lot of young people now. Uh, right. It's awesome that are into, you know, showing exhibitions and stuff. But, you know, what's your policy on this? If I get it home and I don't like it, <laughs> you know, right. do you have a right. refund policy? Do you? Uh, what is your payment policy? You know, and that's one of the things people don't realize that just because it's $5,000 or $500 for that matter doesn't mean that if you want it, you 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 could just pay it on the spot. And a lot of times we don't have that kind of money on us. Right. Um, or right. we want to think about it. You know, you can um, have a payment plan that you can set up with the gallerist. And a lot of times, being that you're a first-time collector or whatever, they'll automatically give you a 10% discount on the piece. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of things that you want to look for, but you definitely want a, a, someone who understands the artist and and can tell you about just about every artist in their gallery that they have. If they have a show, be able to provide you with information about the artist and, you know, and, and is willing to talk to you, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's not just a, a cool thing to do because art is cool and I have this gallery. You know, they got they have some information um, about the artist and can really tell you a lot about you know the history of that person and right um, and they also are actively placing their artists in positions where their art is going to be of value. They're taking them, let's say, to art fairs. There's a lot of major art fairs going on, um, and it's a major source of um, of, of the art for the art buying public. And right, you know, just want to know that they take care of their people. You know, not okay. showing it. You know. That sounds good. That sounds good. Tell us now, um, how does art increase in value? You mentioned that um, a lot of the art galleries they they make sure that there are things that are taking place with the artists there. Mm-hmm. They're you know if they've been in museum. What causes art to um, become profitable or to like I said to increase in value? If I buy this piece that's worth seventy five hundred today, I mean how is it? In five years, worth twelve thousand. How does that happen? For example, mm. well, I think it, it, it's a lot of different reasons that that happen. Um, first of all, you want to again purchase, you know, whatever piece from someplace that is really reputable and 
have artists that are really going places. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things that help increase an artist, well, there's several, there's a myriad of things, and it depends on mm-hmm. which direction, but it's everything from being written up um, by art critics in the newspaper okay. or online or whatever. You know, you want to see, um, one of the things I always tell people, Google the artist, you know, find out mm-hmm. what's being said about them. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of times you may not find anything about them, which is not always mm-hmm. a, a very good thing. Um, mm-hmm. You want to look at uh, have they won different prizes? Have they been juried into important shows? And when we talk about that, that means um, who was the juror? You know, if the artist has their own website, they may have some information about who juried the show. Are they, you know, mu- you know, high-level museum people that might have juried it? Now, what do you mean by jury? What does that term mean? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, jury is <laughs> um, it's a selection process. Um, okay. Let's say there's a call for art or there's a curator or somebody that decides that they're going to select certain works. Um, okay. And it's a competitive process, so they might select their work um, okay. over okay. other artists. Okay. Um, okay. And then also where they've shown. You know, you, you want to look for museum collections. Have they been acquired by museums? Have they been acquired by, are they in important collections? For example, you know, a lot of celebrities and different people collect art. And mm-hmm. usually that information is somewhere um, where mm-hmm. they have been collected. Uh, for example, Whippy Goldberg is a mm-hmm. um, a fine art collector that I okay. actually found out about recently. Um, okay. And you know, a lot of times they'll say they're in, in her collection. Or um, I had the the fortune to meet Susan um, L. Taylor recently, mm-hmm. uh, formerly of Essence. You know, they're big mm-hmm. collectors. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, or people in the community that are, you know, CEOs. You know, they're in um, collections of um, businesses, corporations. Mm-hmm. Um, that gives you a lot of lot of clout. Um, mm-hmm. Um, those are the kinds of things you want to look for. And then, you know, eventually, uh, have they been, um, like, older artists, particularly those that may have passed on, is their work at auction? You know? Okay. And if they have been at auction, what is the highest amount that they've they've um, received for their work? Um, some artists, you know, especially in the last, you know, 10 years, you know, a lot of living artists are now, their work is appearing at auction. And, you know, there's some pros and cons to that, but it does give you a sense of their their value. Um, for mm-hmm. example, um, Sam Gilliam, who is a very renowned artist here in the D.C. area, um, I've seen where a lot of his work is on auction and, and watching, you know, what was the original, you know, it tells you a lot of stuff about the providence. Mm-hmm. And when we say that, who owned the work prior to you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, where Was it in different collections? Was it in retrospectives of that person's work? Let's say um, someone that might be in their 80s, that's still living, and mm-hmm. they've been celebrated by I don't know um, the Smithsonian, and they did this what they call a retrospective, which is all of the work um, of that artist throughout their career. Mm-hmm. You know, was the work in in a retrospective, especially if you're buying it on the you know um, on the secondary market. And that's the okay. other thing too, understanding you know where you're buying it from versus you know is it on the secondary market, which means it might have been pre-owned and someone's selling it for somebody else. Okay. You know, rather than, let's say, an artist that's being represented, this is their primary source, like a gallery that's showing contemporary work that's never been pre-owned, that's a primary um, market. But the secondary market are those that sell something that um, might have been pre-owned or whatever. Um, Okay. So, you know, those are some of the things that, you know, um, it helps you understand the value of um, of work. how they increase in value. Now, you know, one of the things, <laughs> this might sound kind of off, <laughs> but one of the things I've always wondered, um, you, we're talking about original pieces right now. Right. Now, what is it when you see an artist that they sign, and maybe this is number five of 20 or what have you, when you see that, are those like original pieces, or can that also be a print piece or what have you? Yes. Um And do those have value, and is the value higher for the, the lower the number or higher the number? How how does that work? You understand um, my question? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, you're talking about what we call um, editions, limited editions. 
And a lot of it is um, based on um, a a fine art uh, technique called prints. Okay. Um, Now, when we talk about prints, there's two really two types of prints. There's the poster print, which is done very cheaply. It's just, you know. But then there's the fine art print, which usually goes through some kind of process that involves the artist's hand. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, okay. it could have gone through um, a, a printer, a, a, you know, like a print process at um, a specific um, fine art printer, for example. Okay. A lot of them do their own prints. Um, okay. And they use a variety of different kinds of techniques, and we don't really have time to go through all that. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, you know, what you really want to do, um, those hold value as well. A lot of times they're referred to as works on paper, you know, depending on the type. But you really want to get, you know, a lot of people say, well, I want to get a a small number over whatever. Like it might be a 5 over 20 or whatever. And it really doesn't make a big difference. A lot of people think, oh, if I have a 5, that's the fifth print, you know. (laughs) Um, And, you know, depending on the printing technique, it could be. But Uh um, really what you want to look at is the addition number, which is the number below it. Like if okay. it's 20 editions of that particular print, all of it is going to be valuable. You okay. Know, because it's okay. only a certain amount that's been done. Now, if you have maybe number five out of a thousand, that's not as you know that's yeah. not as exclusive because there's a thousand right. of them out there. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. And right. And so you want to look for smaller numbers. Generally, people say as a rule, you know, under a hundred. I'm kind of like. I like it even more. You know, I like it mm-hmm. under 50. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you know. um, but, uh-huh. you know, those, you have to really look at that number, and the smaller that lower number is, mm-hmm. the more valuable, because that means that that's not it's out fewer on the market. Everybody. Right. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know. Okay. Now, when you talk about purchasing art, you know, what are the steps, I guess, um, for this being a financial investment to... Uh, well, business. there are some things that, for example, when you purchase art um, that may have a financial investment that in the future might have a rate of return, um, you know, there's a lot of, well, let's say this. If you want to invest in art, there's a lot of different ways to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things, if you sign up for my e-newsletter, you'll find out. It's like diff- eight different ways um, that you can consider investing in art. And um, it, it could be, you know, per- everything from purchasing one piece to, um, uh, for example, you might, uh, th- there's a few things uh, like pri- uh, starting a private art investment group. And there's a few uh, people that have done that in this area where, you know, these people pull their money to buy investment-grade art. Like, for example, if this art, um, let's say from a, a contemporary artist that might have recently had a major uh, show here in the D.C. area or someone that you've read about, and if you can get the group to say, okay, you know, let's buy uh, a piece of, let's, let's use Renee Stout for an uh, example. Let's say she has a uh, $10,000 art piece um, that you're seeing in the gallery and you, you get your group to buy that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you could do that as a as a as um, an art investment group, and you want to have, you know, some help from someone like an art advisor that can, kind of help the group, you know, realize what the potential is if you buy it as a a group and then if you decide to sell it later, you know, what the the return on investment might be based on the artist's history. So that's one way you can do it. And then you all pull your finances together. Um, You can, um, one of the things that people don't think about, a lot of times people just think just America, you know, United States. And you know, we do want to support our artists, but there's a lot of developing global markets mm-hmm. that are, um, you know, what's going on, like uh, Russian art is very hot right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, China has some, is a lot going on there. You know, what are some of the hot spots um, for uh, art? Um, and mm-hmm. it just really takes some time to do a few global uh, Google searches, you know, and you may want to invest in artists um, you know, maybe look at some art from um, a different area that mm-hmm. might be um, growing uh, economically. Um, and one of the other things is, um, you know, looking at, um, you know, your art collection, if you have several pieces, 
let's say, that you've, you've done well with, you've collected some artists that have really done well, um, you can use your art collection as collateral for a loan down Right. You know, right, right, depending, right, right. You, know, you get it appraised, you get, and then you work with, um, there's a lot of major banks, for example, and as well as some boutique art investment firms that can, you know, look at your collection, give you a figure for it, and you can, um, you know, take loans against that. A lot of the quote-unquote one percenters uh, mm-hmm. do that. Um, mm-hmm. So those are different mm-hmm. ways, you know, that you can, you know, make something out of your collection. But wow. again, you know, um, I think that's an option that more people should understand, but there's also risks involved. There's no guarantee that you're going to, you know, make money. Right. Well, you have to say that. that that's a statement you have to make in anything. And I think when people yes. start a business or they get involved, they automatically <laughs> expect, yeah, you no know, guarantee. the return on everything. But it, it's not going to always return in that way. You might get it somewhere else, but right. <laughs> it's a and risk there. I think the there. biggest return on investment is to have a legacy to give to your children or uh-huh. your family, or uh-huh. even donate to your favorite charity, or mm-hmm. uh, you know your your uh, college, or uh, your favorite museum. You mm-hmm. know that's a mm-hmm. way to create a uh, somewhat of a, a return on investment as well. Mm-hmm. You know, and so the risk here, uh, the risk here uh, would be just if that art just does not appraise in value, if that artist right. doesn't carry. Right. It's really all on the artist and how popular their work. Uh, is so. <laughs> I guess if you're purchasing some art, you can help that get that artist get some recognition if you have pool well, that type a, of way. That, yeah, that, tell people about point. it. Yeah, that's uh-huh. a good point because uh-huh. um, one. I just did a talk at a gallery in Baltimore, and we uh-huh. were talking about the Thirty Americans exhibit, and that was work of African-American artists that the Rubell family, uh, which is based in Miami but also has a presence here in D.C. now, mm-hmm. um, have collected over the years. And, you know, mm-hmm. they've been traveling the show. And, you know, a lot of comments came about, well, why these artists? You know, and, and you know, are we to say that these are to be the celebrated African-American artists of our time? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And really, uh, one of the, the my uh, co-panelists really he made a very uh, interesting point that really any of us can really spiral an artist to greatness. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's really about the collectors and their influence. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you like an artist and you really like their work, you know, if, if that's important to you, you know, you can really influence their their track. You know, right. Because a lot of times people have that tendency, I think, you know, uh, where this is exclusive, you don't want anybody, (laughs) I'm the only one that has it. But that's not the attitude to take if you're looking at this as a financial investment because you want want them to become uh, well-known so that the value, that's great, the value of your art can can increase. Any of us can really do that, you know, whether it's an art investment club or you know, mm-hmm. if you like a gallery and you may even want to tell a gallerist, you know, look, I like mm-hmm. so-and-so's work. A few of us have really bought so-and-so's work. It seems like it would work with the kind of clients that you got here. Take a look mm-hmm. at them. See if you'd be interested in representing them. And, again, you know, guide those artists to those galleries that are going to do something for them, mm-hmm. not just sell mm-hmm. their work, but you want them to um, to be active in, in placing them in, in museum collections or you know, taking their work to these major art fairs that go on across the country. You know, those types of those things. Those types of they're things. Gonna, right. You know, they're not just taking their their 50% commission, but right. they're really investing in the future because those galleries want to see, you know, if they're a good gallery that's of themselves and got a sense of what they're about, they want to see the value of that person's work go up too. And, again, right. That's why you have to do your homework about where you buy the art. Now, if you don't care, and that's okay. Uh-huh. You don't have uh-huh. to care. If you uh-huh. don't care, you know, you like the work and, you know, the gallery's kind of cool and, you know, they, whatever their terms are as far as payment and refunds and all that kind of stuff, you know, didn't buy, you know. Right, But if right. you want a quality, you know, collection, I, I just was in a collection at somebody's house actually recently, a very good friend of mine who is um, – uh, the founder of uh, uh, one of the art um, um, collector groups here. And, I mean, her place is awesome. I mean, she has all this 
I mean, it's, it's just like, I want this house with the art in it, you know. It's all these, you know, very um, um, great artists in this house. And it's right. taking years to do it. It's not something you're going to do overnight, but right. she's taken a long time to do it. But, you know, it, it's it's something that, that's a part of her. And, and those are the types of things that we really, through Art Denista Art Advisory, want to convey. And one of the things I, I do want to mention here, while I'm mentioning Artanista is that you know we work prime we work with collectors you know I always mm-hmm. get people that call or email me you know I'm an artist and I need help you know well mm-hmm. there's a lot of artist consultants mm-hmm. a lot of them and I, I always tell people you know if for whatever reason a Google search does not help you which it should because there's a lot of them out there, you know, I can refer you to some good people but we work with collectors so I don't represent artists. Right, um, but you, you know, help people that want right. to learn how to collect. Is, mm-hmm. Right, you know, I mm-hmm. know artists, mm-hmm. I know their work, I know what you know who's out there. But my thing is, I work with a variety of like gallerists and mm-hmm. people in the art world, including some artists. You mm-hmm. know, and I, but it's really my client is the art collector, and it doesn't it, it does not mean that if you're an artist and you if I think your work is good, I'm just going to shove it in their face or Right. Do right. a whole lot to, you know, I don't do that. And and an art advisor is somebody that should be objective anyway. They should not be self-serving in the interest of artists or certain groups of people. It should be, you know, very objective. What is it that you like? Let me help you find it. You right, know, right, that sort of right. Thing. Or whose right. style or whose work do you like? Um, right. You know, because it takes time. And, it does. You know, and who has time to be doing Google searches and all that? That's why I'm here, and to really to help women, particularly because, you know, we don't, we're not as, you know, up on the game <laughs> in the sense of how uh-huh. this whole art thing works. As it's others, serious. Yet we're making money. You know. Yeah. So it's yes. sort of like okay, just sort of taking that whole thing of buying shoes and clothes all the time to, okay, this is something that looks great in my home, but it's something that's going to be, hopefully, might be able to, to do something for me down the road financially if I choose mm-hmm. that's what I want, you know. Now tell us, we have a few minutes, I tell you, time goes by so fast, we have a I few know. minutes left in this show. Tell us how everybody can get in contact with you. No problem. You can get in contact with me um, primarily um on our website, which is um, www.theartinista, and that's T-H-E-A-R-T-I-N-I-S-T-I-A dot com. Um, we are also on Twitter at um, twitter.com slash theartinista. And we are also on Facebook. We have a Facebook um main page and also a fan page but we'd love for you to join the fan page because that's where all the action happens and okay um, facebook.com um, slash the artinista art advisory and incidentally if you're in the dc area we do have a workshop coming up on okay september 29th um, at the josephine butler um, house in uh, northwest dc and that's from 10 to 12 30 and it is a art workshop that will help you uh, with all of this to understand if you're really interested in, you know, learning about art and, and um, um, you know, what you need to do, how to get started. It's called uh, More Than a um, Pretty Picture uh-huh. and um, How to Love and Live with Art. And, and that's the artanista, I'm sorry, dot com, right? Yeah. For your website. Uh-huh. uh-huh. If you uh-huh. look under events. Uh-huh. Um, it's only, um, you know, it's not that much, and uh-huh. you get a um, a collector's guide as well as um, a free uh, American Collector magazine and a lot of good information. It's it's um, We don't have a lot of space um, available, but, you know, if you can um, get in, you know, register, um, you know, you'll have a chance to, to learn all the stuff and more that I talked to you about today. Okay, so great, great. Plug in. Awesome, awesome. Well, we we wanted to be able to take. If anyone has questions, our lines are full here. If you got a question, dial three four seven eight three eight nine two 
347-838-9278. We've got about five minutes left in the show. We want to try to take at least one question. If you have one, uh, press 1 on the phone there. If you're already on the lines and you have a question, press 1 so that we know uh, that you would like to ask the Artanista, Ms. Sharon Burton, uh, a question today about how you can collect art for pleasure sure, and, and for, for profit. profit. Yeah, so um, we've definitely been tuned in to some great information today. We've learned a lot about how you can actually um, build your portfolio, what to look for in the galleries as well. Um, this this really has been a very informative show, and I, I am thrilled to look forward to purchasing art um, now and even having that, that whole financial aspect of it. I, I'm really excited about that. Um, and also, I know you have the Artanista Collector Circle as well. Can, can you take about a minute and tell us quickly what that is? Sure. Artanista Collector Circle is basically um, a collector's group. Let's say you may not be ready because we have a lot of um, service packages, depending on where you are. If you look mm-hmm. on our um, collector's um Collector services, um, you know, there's a bunch of different packages that you might be interested in. But let's say that you're not quite ready to start, but you want to kind of be around people that know art and want to, you know, you enjoy being around visual art and learning more. We do have a collector circle for women um, where we, um, just like the museum trip that I told you, brunch at the Mm -hmm. museum, and Mm -hmm. um, other activities like, you know, talking to a conservationist, someone to help you, you know, care for your art because you mm-hmm. can't just have your art placed anywhere in your home. Certain pieces you can't put over the fireplace or in the basement, you know, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they will get warped or whatever. So we'll have conversations with them, with curators, you know, um, and also opportunities to visit um, some of the exhibitions, like an exclusive behind-the-scenes tour with the, you know, those types of activities that you wouldn't normally get. Mm-hmm. Um, this is an, a way um, for a um, yearly fee. You have an opportunity to join us for a variety of different monthly um, activities. So um, information about that group is also on the website. On, and that's at the Artinista or Artinista, A-R-T-I-N-S. TA.com, D T H E, Artanista, Artanesta.com. And uh, you also are on Facebook and Twitter as well. And what, what would you like to take? I guess we got one minute left. What would you like to leave our listeners with today as far as collecting art for pleasure and for profit? I would like to say that living with art is one of the, and, 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 and surrounding yourself with fine art is one of the most wonderful things that anyone can do. And, you know, as women, as career women, women that have means, you know, this is a wonderful way to go shopping and get a return on our investment <laughs> in the end for something that that's beautiful and that can give you many years of um, happiness in your home or office. So that would probably be the last thing. And, of course, we're here to help. Um, and also let me give you my telephone number, which is um, 888-615-3401. That's 888-615-3401? Yes. All right, all right, awesome. And the number's on our website, too. Um, okay. To, to to call. but. You know, definitely art is something that should be enjoyed, that should be honored, and can really give you a lot of pleasure, and it's a great thing to leave your family and friends once you move on to the next universe. So that's my my thing. All right. Awesome. Well, Sharon, thank you so much for coming on the show today. We appreciate you here at Wealthy Sisters and want to say congratulations to you for doing everything that you're doing and all your success. We know the best is absolutely yet to come. And ladies and gentlemen, want to encourage you to definitely visit her website, www.theartanista.com. Check out the Artanista Circle there, the events. If you're in the Baltimore, Washington, D.C. 
D.C. area, metropolitan area, you can definitely check that out as well. And give her a phone call so that you can learn more about how she can help you in your city there. You never know. Maybe you're going to start a group somewhere there as well. But, hey, here's to your collection. And once again, thank you, Sharon, for being on our show today. And we thank all of our listeners for tuning in this week as well. You can catch this show if you just tuned in to this uh, and our other great shows at Wealthy Sisters, S-I-S-T-A-S dot com. You can click there on Radio Show tab, and it will take you to the archives there. You also can download our show on iTunes and follow us on Facebook and Twitter under Wealthy Sisters. Stay tuned next week. We'll have another powerful, packed show ready for you to help you improve your business and your life. As always, we wish you and yours the best of everything great, and we will see you next week. Thank you. This has been another episode of Wealthy Sisters, brought to you by the professional black woman, turning your concepts into cash. Join Deborah Hardnett, our host next week, as she interviews another powerful, progressive, and positive sister, and visit us on the web at www.wealthysisters.com. That's www.wealthysisters.com.